0: Episode nine. Welcome friends. God bless you and thank you for tuning in again today. This is Bible FAQ with Kirk Van, the podcast that provides brief, thoughtful, biblical answers to your questions. My name is Kirk Van Odehem and I am your host for this podcast. I'm looking forward to answering another couple questions that listeners just like you have submitted and asked me to address on this podcast. If you'd like to submit a question uh, to be addressed on a future episode, I encourage and invite you to visit our website. The website is kirkvan.com, and there you can send a message through the form on the website. Uh, you can also link to our Facebook account, uh, like the the uh, Facebook page, and ask a question via PM. That Facebook page is Bible FAQ with Kirk Van. Also, you can send us an email. The email address is question at kirkvan Whichever of those three ways you choose, you can reach out to uh, the podcast, and I will do my best to uh, include it on a future episode of this program. Well, I wanna get right into the questions for today. And the first question that was selected for today is a question that was asked by two uh, separate listeners. Uh, First, uh, Matt, a Facebook user, uh, whose uh, location was not uh, evident uh, from his profile. So we'll say Matt from Parts Unknown. And then also Scott from Mississippi uh, asked the same question and the question simply this, should Christians get tattoos? And I know this is uh, somewhat of a controversial topic among some circles in Christianity today, uh, but let me start with a disclaimer. This is simply my view and my perspective that I'll present here today. It does also seem to be the conclusion of numerous devout Christians today, especially of the more conservative uh, brand of christianity if you will and by that i don't mean politically i mean uh, theologically or in respect to biblical interpretation uh, but also i believe this view that i'll present has been the widely predominant view throughout the history of christianity and it's only been very recently from a historical perspective that we have seen more liberal if you will liberal views uh, on the subject surface or at least given much consideration or attention. Having said that, it's not my objective to personally judge or condemn any individual, to kind of use terms that are somewhat over-dramatized these days. Uh, but this perspective that I will present uh, is what I promote, what I encourage, but I recognize that other people are entitled to disagree and form their own opinions. I do feel strongly about this view that I'm presenting. I do believe it's the most proper, reasonable application of scripture. and all things considered, I believe it reflects the most wise approach to biblical decision making on the topic. However, as I said, you are welcome to disagree if you like, and we can still be friends and we can still get along and all that good stuff. And so I'm just simply trying to answer this question and answer it from the viewpoint that many Christians have had throughout history and try to uh, let the Bible weigh in on the topic, if you will. So again, the question I'm addressing, should Christians get tattooed? Well, it seems that the most practical place to start is chronologically in the Old Testament and uh, in Leviticus 19 and 28. Uh, This passage of scripture, this verse of scripture, I should say, addresses the question specifically. And I'm reading the King James Version, Leviticus 19 and 28. You shall not make any cuttings in your flesh for the dead, nor print any marks upon you. I am the Lord. And I should note, again, that's the King James Version, contemporary versions, respectable ones, such as the ESV uh, and the CSB and a few others, they actually use the English word tattoo here. Uh, and so, of course, this verse of scripture uh, strongly condemns, uh, if you will, the practice of getting a tattoo. Uh, it lists this practice among many other uh, uh, practices that were part of uh, kind of occultic idolatrous worship, both in Egypt and throughout the Canaanite region. Uh, which were the contemporaries and neighbors of the of the people of Israel, so other practices that are mentioned right alongside of this uh, practice of of uh, marking one 's flesh or getting a tattoo, uh, other practices include consuming blood, divination, which is also uh, translated soothsaying or fortune telling. Uh, also included in this is specific hairstyles and beard grooming styles that had idolatrous religious significance. Uh, interestingly, these seem to be similar to mohawks and goatees, if we're to understand the description. Uh, also listed alongside cutting of the flesh, which we just read, which was done uh, in mourning and also for pacifying idols. It's also listed right among temple prostitution, sexual prostitution that took place in pagan temples, seeking familiar spirits, also known as mediums, consulting wizards and witches, also known as necromancers, and other practices. So these practices were all condemned and forbidden by God's people, according to uh, the book of Leviticus and the law of Moses. Historically, tattoos in the ancient world were also idolatrous practices not only in Egypt and Canaan, but also in virtually every other ancient culture. Uh, This is true, as I said, in ancient Egypt and Canaan, but also uh, later in the Greco and Roman periods, in the latter Egyptian period and the Syrian period. uh, Various pagan uh, cults known as mystery cults uh, used tattoos widely and extensively. And uh throughout this whole biblical period uh the practice was forbidden for god's people. uh The people of the ancient times who used these practices thought tattoos to have mystical or magical properties in many of these religions and cultures. Now, some will immediately object to using leviticus as a as a scripture uh to to weigh in on the topic of tattoos and their objection is going to be something to the effect of we're no longer under the law. We're not under the Old Testament. We're under the New Testament. And I agree in terms of a comprehensive legal system uh, of the entirety of the Mosaic Law. uh, We're not under the law because, as the New Testament points out, it was insufficient. Uh, It was only made people duplicitous uh, in their dealings. But what we need to recognize is, and this is very important, uh, there are numerous aspects of God's moral character that are reflected in the Mosaic Law that also transcend the Mosaic Law. In other words, there's practices that uh, God uh, forbade even before the law was given by Moses and that carry on even after the law is gone. And uh, we must look at the context uh, uh, of each different practice. Uh, We must look at all the relevant information and the principles and values that pertain to each question from a biblical perspective. And it would be unwise just to dismiss something out of hand just because it appears in the Old Testament and say, oh, we're not under that anymore. That's the law. It doesn't apply. It's a bit more complicated than that. If we're going to just dismiss everything that's in the law, we have to dismiss things like murder, to, to use one example. But you know, I don't want to go down a rabbit hole with that. You get the point. Uh, so you know, I don't think it's wise just to dismiss tattoos as something God doesn't care about just because it appears in the in the Old Testament law, it seems clear in the context and the specific relationship to pagan idolatrous religious practices, and all these other practices that I mentioned would still be uh, heavily frowned upon uh, by religious people of that time and today as well. And tattoos fit right nicely in with all these other practices, but. There are other arguments beyond history and beyond the Old Testament law uh, and and the association with idolatry. I think those are compelling arguments. I think those are valid arguments, uh, but we have other arguments that go beyond that. As I've stated before on other questions, if you've heard my teaching, and I probably have even mentioned it on at least one podcast episode, there are two primary ways to approach questions like this. Uh, questions of of conduct and uh, uh, action, if you will, behavior, Uh, questions of of moral principles, specifically, uh, you know, uh, uh, moral standards of accountability. The first, of course, is the clear, direct teaching of Scripture. There are some things Scripture just says, don't do this, or you better do this. (laughs) And so uh, we need to heed those And because they are clear and direct. But we need to recognize that there are many other topics that Scripture may not address specifically by name. But I don't think we want to go down the road of condoning and embracing everything that's not specifically mentioned by name in Scripture. And so the second uh, way, the second uh, manner that we can go about uh, dealing with questions like this is simply practical application of biblical principles or values uh, to specific topics and questions that we can raise today. And so, um, so let's, let's discuss a couple of other biblical principles or biblical val- uh, values uh, that are clear in the New Testament that seem to me that they do pertain to a variety of different questions and a variety of different practices, including this question on tattoos. So the first one I'll mention is this, this principle about defiling the temple. And let me read a couple of verses of Scripture. First 1 Corinthians uh, three, sixteen and 17. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the, for the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. And then again in 1 Corinthians, this time, chapter 6, verses 19 and 20. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own? For you are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. And so, um, obviously, this this principle uh, is in relation to defiling the temple. And it specifically says that the temple is our body, our physical body. So we're to be good stewards of the body. Now, there's many implications and practical applications to this teaching, but I do think it fits quite well with the question of tattoos. I mean, if you were to go and uh, violate or defile a physical building, how would you do that? A physical entity. Well, the most common way is to put graffiti and writing on it because that defiles it when people uh when people go in and they go into synagogues or churches and they want to deface and defile them, that's one of the things that's done because that's not supposed to be there and so the 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 principle would go would be that God created us the way that we are, and any significant deliberate change to that would be defiling the way that God made us, defiling the temple of God's spirit that dwells in us. And you might say, oh, that's stretching things a bit, but is it really? I mean, it seems like the most direct uh, practical application that we can come up with. If it doesn't mean that, then you could justify virtually anything. And if it doesn't uh, encompass something uh, like this practice of tattoos, then I don't know what it could possibly encompass. Uh, certainly it talks about sexual sin and fornication, but that's not all uh, that it encompasses in the biblical context. So I think that is a, a good practical application of that teaching, but that's not the only thing. Uh there are guidelines in the New Testament uh, for outward appearance. I'm thinking specifically of 1 Peter chapter 3 verses 3 and 4, 1 Timothy chapter 2 verses 9 and 10 and uh Taken together these passages, I won't take the time to read them, but I'll summarize them here. Taken together these practices warn or these passages rather warn us about practices such as elaborate hairstyles or wearing of jewelry, uh, gold and pearls are specifically mentioned. They warn us about costly clothing, immodest and indecent clothing and, and similar practices. So these Warnings are addressed or directed specifically towards women in the context, but both sound biblical interpretation and common sense dictate that they apply both to men and women. And uh, the reason I say that is because it seems to be that the pattern of Scripture seems to be that when men are addressed specifically or women are addressed specifically, it seems to be with those practices that that specific uh, group has more uh, of a problem with, uh, more uh, uh, of a difficulty adhering to God's standard in that area, but they certainly apply to everyone, but they're addressed to those that have the the most struggle with it. For example, uh, these, as I mentioned, are addressed specifically toward women, but should apply to men as well. And uh, practices such as uh, lifting up holy and pure hands, uh, wrath and anger, honoring and respecting our spouses. Those things are directed directly towards men, but we don't assume that they don't apply to women as well. Uh, We assume that they apply to both, but they're directed toward men because uh, men have the most difficulty and the worst track record, if you will, of adhering to these strong and clear biblical standards. So these passages about uh, guidelines for outward appearances teach that our outward appearance should not be our primary focus. And to focus on our outward appearance in those areas that I mentioned is generally a significant distraction to our spiritual well-being, if not outright vanity. And by vanity, I mean behavior that is attention-seeking or behavior... Uh, or or practices that are empty or devoid of any value. By contrast, our behavior and our conduct and our appearance, according to these verses of Scripture, should be pure. They should be reverent. They should be focused on the inner self and spiritual development. And so the Bible is pleading with us in these verses uh, to to do everything you can to minimize uh, the embellishment of our outward appearance And we should just simply be modest and simple in that regard and not elaborate and decorative at drawing attention to ourself, uh, which is the exact opposite of, of what God wants for us. And so obviously tattoos are not mentioned specifically here, but would a teaching or a doctrine concerned with these matters, such as hairstyles and jewelry and the types and the manner of clothing that we wear, uh, would the teaching and the doctrine concerned with these matters be sympathetic towards tattoos? It seems like tattoos would be worse in the regard of the principles that are being uh, investigated here. So I think if we're going to be honest with ourselves and honest with the context of these passages, we'd have to say that tattoos, although not specifically mentioned, still fit the pattern Still fit the intention, still fit the principles and the values. Well, I shouldn't say fit, but they they contradict the principles and the values that uh, the Lord is trying to teach us here through these verses of Scripture. And and, and another uh, point to make, and this isn't any specific uh, verses of Scripture that I say, but in modern throughout history and even up until modern times, tattoos are. Uh, often seen as symbols, uh, first of paganism and idolatrous practices, as I mentioned before, but even in modern times, until very recently, symbols of rebe- rebellion, uh, clearly worldly by any measure associated with many sinful activities, such as gang culture or prison culture and that sort of thing. And so, you know, regarding this, it would certainly seem to be a harmful uh, to one's Christian witness, and or offend other believers uh, to participate in this type of, of, of practice. And so we've got to ask us ourselves the question, is this the message that we want to send? Is this the type of uh, of conduct that we want to represent? Remembering that we are called ambassadors for Christ in Scripture, and is that the best way to represent Christ? Given everything we know about tattoos in the Old Testament and these uh the, these applicable uh, principles and values in the New Testament, I hardly think so personally. So uh, let me just say that some have attempted to compare this issue uh, to the argument about meat offered to idols and say, well, the the Bible uh, doesn't condemn eating meat offered to idols, which was a pagan uh part of a pagan religious practice and since it doesn't condemn it specifically then we have christian liberty and other similar areas. i don't have time to unpack the whole background into that argument that perhaps on another episode but let me just say the argument this argument as applied to the practice of tattoos seems to me to be clearly erroneous and, and to be honest disingenuous by anyone who would try to use this as an argument for starters, the controversy about meat offered to idols pertained to a necessity. It pertained to eating meat. And it was, a, it was, a, it was a, a, a major topic of concern in the New Testament times because many people lived in culture that virtually the only meat that one could obtain in the marketplace was going through butcher shops where their primary uh, source of meat was from the temples that was offered to idols. And so the question is, should we not eat any meat at all or only eat organic meat that we can grow or we can develop ourselves? Or is it okay to shop in the marketplace and eat meat, even if it may have been offered to idols? So that was a necessity. It was about eating. It was about having protein for your body. Getting a tattoo is certainly not a necessity by any stretch of the imagination and doesn't seem to be applicable Giving this, you know, in the same circumstances or set of circumstances. Regarding the meat offered to idols, uh, and again, I don't have time to unpack this fully, but the Bible gives us guidance throughout many passages of Scripture. The guidance was this, that in and of itself, it's not, uh, since we're not doing it for religious purposes, and since it's a necessity for our bodies to eat meat, to eat protein, uh, the The guidance was this, don't flaunt it. In fact, don't even do it publicly. Don't eat meat publicly that you know has been offered to idols. When you buy meat, don't ask where it came from. Don't ask if it was offered to idols. just buy it and eat it because we don't wanna know. We don't wanna be dramatic about this. We're just simply trying to feed our bodies and we don't wanna be associated with where it came from. So again, this does not seem to be comparable uh, to the question of tattoos in modern society, and 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 what, there's several conclusions we can draw. But First Corinthians eight twelve and thirteen summed up that argument somewhat nicely when it says, "But when ye sin against the brethren and wound their weak consciousness, ye sin against Christ. Wherefore, if meat make my brother to offend, I will eat no flesh while the world standeth, lest I make my brother to offend." So the principle here was a principle of self-denial. It recognized that we should not insist on our own personal rights at the expense of offending others and compromising the unity of the body of Christ. Spiritual growth and the unity of the church takes priority over personal views and preferences. That's why Paul said, don't ask where it came from. Don't eat it in public if there's a question. Don't offend other people by flaunting it and talking about it. Uh, Do what you need to do to take care of yourself. And again, this doesn't seem to be a good argument to apply to tattoos. 1 Corinthians 10 and 24 on this same topic of meat offered to idols. No one is to seek his own good, but the good of the other person. And besides this. Uh, I do believe in Christian liberty. I do believe that we are free to participate in matters that are of neutral uh, significance morally. Uh, but not sinful practices. So Christian liberty is not a justification for embracing unbridled worldliness. That's not what the scripture teaches. It's not a justification for neglecting moral principles or standards. It's not a a, uh, Christian liberty is not a justification for defying uh, biblical precedent and common sense. So one of the tests of Christian liberty then is found here in 1 Corinthians 10 And 31, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. And that's kind of one of the concluding arguments of this idea of Christian liberty in this this test. And so we can apply that question to this uh, thing of tattoos. Do all to the glory of God. When it comes to tattoos, is getting a tattoo, is your motivation really to glorify God? Is that the real? I mean, be honest with yourself about the question, is that really your motivation or is it vanity? Or is it conforming to worldly influences or something else along one of those lines? Um, Is it reasonable that a a tattoo will actually bring glory to God, especially against the backdrop of of the origin of tattoos and the strong biblical uh, teaching against it, precedent in the Old Testament, and uh, historical practice leading on into the New Testament. Um, It doesn't seem very likely. It seems that it's a very tough case to make given the history and the biblical precedent on the topic. So there are other points we could discuss, but these are my predominant objections uh, to the question, should we get tattoos? And I think these are sufficient to make my point. And it's no accident, it's no coincidence, that both Jewish and Christian traditions have historically viewed tattoos extremely negatively throughout virtually all of human history, uh, with the possible exception of very recently. And so I think this is certainly worth consideration. The bottom line is this, to anyone who is considering whether or not he or she should get a tattoo and especially those who are sincerely seeking biblical advice or counsel on whether or not this would be a wise choice or a wise decision. My personal view, I certainly do not recommend getting a tattoo for all of the reasons I provided uh, in this question and others we could probably go into. But again, I'll close this uh, coverage of this question uh, with the same Uh, disclaimer that I gave at the beginning it's not my objective to personally judge or condemn any individual Uh, as they say that's above my pay grade that's not my job I'm just simply answering a question that people ask with the best possible information that I I can find from scripture and again you're welcome to disagree with my perspective if you like we can still be friends (laughs) and I still will pray God's blessings upon you So thank you for those two individuals who asked this question, and I have to say it is a question that I have been asked uh, many, many times uh, by many individuals, and it's becoming uh, even uh, more of a a, uh, common practice in this day and age. So it's something definitely worth thinking about from a biblical perspective. Well, I had intended on answering another question today as well, uh, but I really want to get back to making these videos, uh, these these podcast recordings, uh, closer to 30 minutes in length. So I think we'll stop there for, uh, for today. So uh, with the little bit of remaining time I do have left, I do want to remind all of our listeners uh, that Bible FAQ with Kirk Van is also available as an audio only podcast. In fact, that was the original uh, vision uh, for this project. Uh, uh, I do obviously uh, video record myself recording the podcast and I make that available on Facebook as a video because I know that's a popular format uh, for people to consume. Uh, We also have a YouTube page. The best way to find the YouTube page, we don't yet have a static URL for it. So the best way, if you're a YouTube listener, go to our website, kirkvan.com, and at the top of every page, there's a YouTube link, and you can simply click on there. You can subscribe to the YouTube uh, uh, page, and you can even click for notifications if you'd like to get that. So thank you to everyone who's been listening. This is now our ninth episode, and the, the response has just been, Uh, more than I ever anticipated. So thank you for all who listen. I look forward to answering many other questions as we move forward. Well, that's about all the time uh, that I have for today. Uh, So until next time. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. Thanks again for listening. Farewell for now.